0: hello i am eric and there is andy hello and this is the hazardous opinions podcast and today we are talking about in the mouth of madness it is a uh lovecraftian film directed Indeed. by john carpenter written by michael de luca and it features sam neal uh, uh i'm gonna butcher this Jürgen approach Crotch now and Julie Cartman. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Some of the big names in here. Sam Neill was a surprising one to me. I personally haven't seen him in anything outside of Jurassic Park. So it was a, it was a good change for, for seeing him.
0: Good old Alan Grant. Indeed, I feel indeed. like, I feel like Jurassic Park was his like debut mu- movie because like, I really don't, see him much outside of uh that that's yeah. like whenever you see him in a film wherever he is you're just like oh that's the guy from jurassic park <laughs> you know that's like a terrible thing to do but like you know it's kind of like daniel radcliffe it's like oh that's harry potter yeah, yeah it's, hard
1: to see yourself outside of those uh those big roles he has been acting since the 70s so he's been in in quite a bit yeah so. he
0: has With his most recent one being a Jurassic Park movie. So there's there's that also. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. This was actually only a year after Jurassic Park release. This was uh, released in
0: 1994. Yeah. So this is uh, during his uh, busy years. Acting. Yeah. I mean, he's been he's been in quite a few movies, actually. And shows. Uh, I've seen him in uh, Peaky Blinders. Have you ever seen Peaky Blinders? Uh, Just the first few episodes so far. Yeah, he was the the FBI agent or the detective in Mm. that with the mustache. You remember that? Yeah. (laughs) Do you not remember that?
1: No, I didn't get that far in.
0: Oh, maybe I'm pretty sure he was like in there right away. But, anyways. He was, he was doing some pretty good acting in this, in this film. Okay.
1: Yeah. And this is a, uh, this is also in John Carpenter's wheelhouse for sure. He does a lot of horror in general and a lot of, um, a lot of cosmic horror, a lot of stuff that could be considered Lovecraftian. Luca, I did not know much about. He seemed to have only had about eight writing credits. Did some, uh, what, what do you call it? Freddy? Who is he? Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. (laughs) Some of that, but that seemed to be like the only uh, horror writing credits he had. So, but he uh, did pretty good here.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's a pretty old film. So when they, when they depict monsters in this, it isn't uh, as scary as I personally, I didn't really find this movie that scary. Uh, I f- found it actually funny more than anything. Uh, it was just kind of like cheesy and it, it was uh, unsettling for sure. But I wouldn't say it was like, give me any creepy factors or like scares. No, Not really any good jump scares for me, but that's just me, yeah. I
1: guess. This movie comes out 12 years after uh, Carpenters hit uh, The Thing, which is arguably... The best movie of all time. Uh, Arguably. Definitely, definitely best horror movie of all time in, in my wheelhouse. And there's a lot of very similar effects. But the fact is it just doesn't play as well in this universe as it does uh, in the closed encapsulation of being out in Antarctica. So. Yeah. I, I did see a lot of similar Uh, what do you call it like practical effects for the monsters here so
0: yeah i mean the monsters were definitely hilarious uh first of all i (laughs) they 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 just did creep me out you know i mean like i i i saw that lady with the the arms sticking out or whatever chopping up that dude and i couldn't help but laugh
1: yeah I think overall for me this movie came out to be about a 7.8 like i uh i think that's it's mainly high because i'm a lovecraftian fan but uh this movie definitely does date itself
0: yeah with it with its dating and the i don't know usually i'm not a huge critic on acting either but one of the actors in this uh was it Julie I'm Carmen Styles, Yeah, yeah, it was that was like, some of those parts were pretty bad. <laughs> some pretty bad acting on her part. And I was like, wondering
1: if it was just me getting that feel. I was like, I didn't want to rag on her, but I was
0: like, Is she tried that. Like, that was pretty bad. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Um, There's some parts where I just wasn't it. She wasn't selling it. And, uh you know, um the characters. And everything just I don't know it it was it was all right. I, I'm gonna give this a six out of ten.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: With the uh, the lack of creep factor or horror factor, and just I'm getting the complete opposite reaction of how I'm supposed to react with these types of movies. It just it I can't really I can't really give it that much of a pass.
1: <laughs> no, I get that, and uh, definitely if. I uh, I think it relates back to stuff like Ready Player One, where if like you're not picking up all the cameos and Easter eggs, which I think is is one of the biggest points of this movie. Then then you're just like, what's all this random shit being thrown out here?
0: Yeah. I know you keep up with, more with uh, Lovecraft writing than I do, so you're probably going to have to point out some of these uh, Easter eggs that I missed. But as a casual watcher, filthy casual, <laughs> uh, I did not pick up on any of that. Yeah.
1: If you're ready, I think we should delve into spoiler territory.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So there are spoilers ahead. If you are planning on watching this movie, uh, I you could just stop right now or skip way ahead to the end because we have some words for you. But if you if you still want to watch the movie and don't really care much about spoilers, we actually had some opinions on this. So uh, we both kind of agreed that the spoilers that could be considered spoilers in this movie aren't really spoilers. Like we could tell you about this movie and you're you're still going to have to see it to know what we're talking about anyways. So it's like like if you get into a Steinbeck
1: novel, like it's not a spoiler to tell you that's going to be a sad ending. And I think it's the same for Lovecraft. It's not really a spoiler to tell you that you're in for some madness and you're in for some not very happy endings. Yep.
0: It's that's, that's pretty much it. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the majority of this movie. It's <laughs> that's just that's pretty much it. It's insanity. That's uh, if you're, if you're not expecting insanity, then this will definitely be spoilers. But if you're <laughs> all for it, Get comfortable, grab some popcorn, grab a drink, stay focused on driving if you're doing that, <laughs> then, and just sit back and relax and enjoy. Indeed, indeed.
1: Yeah, so we uh, could give a brief synopsis here too. So Sam Neill's our main character here. Uh, he's an insurance investigator who goes around and exposing fraud with insurance claims and he recently got a request from one of their billion dollar clients to look into the possible insurance claim of a death of a famous writer, Sutter Kane. Uh, once he starts investigating this, this writer who writes basically Lovecraftian fiction uh, is basically the Stephen King of this world. They start to go find this town that they thought was fake before. Sam Neill and our secondary heroine, Linda Stiles. Yeah. And then uh, madness ensues. And yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a really (laughs) incoherent kind of movie at times. So it's hard to get a real synopsis there.
0: Yeah. There were some parts that I had to watch over like a couple times to actually get the graphs of like what they're talking about, what's going on that that's probably an attention issue on my end but uh anyways uh i think an important note to put is uh the you know the million dollar client is uh the publisher for the books that he's been writing that's it's called arcane and they publish his books so what they need from him is a settlement or something if he doesn't produce like he has a new book coming out it's called in the mouth of madness Yep. and they they want their share of money when he releases the book and he went missing and yeah cuz yeah. if he's dead then they get the rights if he's alive
1: then they still have their writer who's making the millions so either yeah. way they just they just
0: want to find out what happened to the guy exactly so this investigator who doesn't really do these kinds of things he has to set out to go find him and before before he goes out and tries to find him he reads his books and uh i think that's where things start going downhill because these books like they tend to have an effect on people they start messing with them subtly but he's reading the books and there's like what six or seven books that he has out already yeah there's quite a few yeah, and um he finds he finds out that the cover of these books are all related. And for the life of me, I can't understand how he figured it out, but like he cuts up all the covers of the books and puts them all together and finds out it's a map. And apparently this map leads to or it points to a place which is supposed to be fictional called Hobbs End. And it's at in some place in new England. Yeah, I believe it was new Hampshire. Was it new Hampshire or new
1: England? Uh, new England's just the whole area of States.
0: Oh, well, like was it in new Hampshire? New, new Hampshire is in new England though, right? Yes. Yes. New England is just all the original colonies up there. Okay. Okay. All right. But yeah, uh, point still stands he he figures out that it points to i like do you get how he uh what, what are your thoughts on like him finding finding out that the covers turn into a map
1: i thought maybe i looked away this is writing notes and missed something because I, I was like what what he's just starting to rip up the book and put it together and
0: right I, like he, it didn't seem like a- any relation reala- realization happened there but
1: Yeah, probably just something he realized in the, in the fucking, the dream vision thing
0: that he was having because of the books. Yeah. After he started the book, he uh, started having all these visions and um, the visions were really messing with him. And they, uh, yeah, apparently that it's like these books, when people read them, it, it infects them like a virus. Yeah. Makes them start hallucinating, which is a kind of a strange effect to have, like coming from a book, right? I, I can see it. It's very closely related to like
1: Necronomicon type things. Oh, yep. You kind of go mad when you start reading this kind of ancient knowledge.
0: Yeah. That's one of those references that I, I missed the Necronomicon.
1: Yeah. And the, the big thing of this movie that Sam Neill, once he starts to realize that this is all real and not really just in his head, he tries to stop it. Uh, well, him and styles styles does not succeed. <laughs> well, <neither laughs> Sam Neill. But yeah, they, they try to st- stop this because the final book, the, in the mouth of madness that's set to release it is supposed to be like the final book in this compendium and will drive the world to insanity. So they're they're trying to make sure that does not happen.
0: Yeah, and it was an uh, interesting uh, approach on how that happened, though, because I remember Styles when they were talking in the car. She mentioned that there is like a fine line between sane and insanity, and you wouldn't know which side you're on until it's too late. Like you could be the only sane person in a whole world full of insanity. And you will still be called insane because you're not insane. You're you know like the one did, did you not get that? Like, it's kind of a hard concept to grasp, but like, it's, I guess it's more philosophical. But like, she was explaining how like, if you were, if you wholeheartedly believed that all this insanity was real, you, you still think you're sane. That's why you are insane. Does that make sense? Like you don't rule it out as insanity. Therefore, you just believe it. Like if you were a schizophrenic, I don't OK, I, I don't know much about schizophrenia or whatever, but the things that they see, if they believe they're real, they're considered insane, right? I don't know if that's uh, the PC term anymore, but yeah, it's yeah, I get maybe, what you're saying. maybe not. Uh, I'll try not to be insensitive to it, but like, you know, it's like it's one of those things is like, if you, if you were the only one that's sane in a world full of insanity, you would be considered Mm -hmm. insane. Right? Yes. You'd be the odd one out. So, yeah. So like it's, and then he believed everything he saw. That's why he was insane. But like, what if, what if it was like that where it it wasn't, hold on.
1: (laughs) The weird thing is, I think, uh, Sam Neill, uh, Trent, I, mean, I keep calling him by the actor, but John Trent is is the investigator throughout this movie. He even when he's in the padded cell at the end and at the beginning. So uh, movies always have to start at the beginning, yeah. Or start the beginning, start at, at the, the end, end. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> he's drawing crosses all over himself, all over his padded cell, and it doesn't seem like it. It fully got to him. Like he's seen all this. Crazy shit, but he never read the book, so he didn't get fully indoctrinated, so he was still trying to protect himself with with Christ there and trying to avoid which, the
0: madness and stop it, but it was too late which if you didn't know if you like that's the thing though if uh you didn't know what would happen up to that point, you wouldn't understand, so you'd just call him insane, but if mm-hmm. you're like actually in a world full of this crazy shit that's happening and you you'd start doing some crazy shit to try to protect yourself right because like what do you do
1: yeah i mean he kills a fucking kid with an axe to get him to stop reading the book
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> you like Probably that
1: book? scene in the whole fucking movie
0: yeah and that's <laughs> how he ended up in the padded cell yeah that was great yeah that's Yeah, that's the thing, though. It it was an interesting take on like insanity and how it works. I, I found like I found that to be the most interesting thing. Yeah, it's
1: it's really neat to see the degradation of Sandy as well, because that that kid you see earlier in the movie as well, you can tell that he's a big fan of Sutter Kane. He was in the bookstore previously and reading one of his works and he's one of the people that turned towards Sam Neill and uh, was just saying gobbledygook. I think he was saying he's watching you or something like that. So you can can tell he's slowly, yeah, he's slowly being indoctrinated. And then once you read that final book, then you're, you're just all into the insanity.
0: But, and then another thing is, Like, we don't exactly know if Sutter Kane is actually, like, a real... Like, obviously, he's, like, a real person, right? He's been... Mm. He is portrayed as a real person. But, like, how does he have, like, god powers where everything he writes becomes real? Is that a part of the insanity? Like, everybody thinking what he writes is real? Is that why...
1: I I took it more as he was influencing people's minds from the influence of the old ones type of thing. So oh. these ancient powers are giving him the information to put down and then he's putting it down and it's happening. And so it's, he he doesn't have any power in the situation. I don't think it's, it's these, these old ancient ones that uh, are just fucking with the world a bit.
0: OK, when you put it that way, it it makes a lot more sense than him just writing things and it becoming real, because I found the cheesiest parts in this movie where when somebody does some crazy shit, they're like, "They he wrote me to do this. And then <laughs> like the guy <laughs> that himself. shot him shoots himself with a shotgun and then uh, Styles tries to make out with him while he's driving. Yeah, and then she's like, "It's because I was written this way, and it's he wants this to happen." And I was like, I, "That's just that just didn't rub me the right way. I didn't like that." <laughs> yeah, the the way I perceived it
1: is, I don't think anyone was really in control here. I think once you start reading these texts, you were completely in control of whatever they wanted you to do. So that's that's why it wasn't them prophesizing it; it was them. Kind of commanding okay uh, is at least how i took it
0: do you think that th- the control over people do you think that was a major sign like the eyes like splitting they kind of looked like a, a cell in the middle of mitosis i guess the did you notice that with the agent like his eyes were drifting apart yeah he did look a little bit crazy. He looks like he had like a prosthetic on.
1: I uh Yeah, I don't know.
0: If you look closely at their eyes, they they look like they're splitting into two. And I wasn't sure if they were like going for like goat eyes or something. Uh I don't know if they were like gonna turn into goat eyes. That would have been that would have been weird. But um Yeah, I, I feel like that was a like a clear sign that they're being controlled by the books. Or no, because that wasn't the case, because his agent apparently was attempting to kill him to stop him or stop the whole process of him going to get the the book and bring it back for it to be published.
1: Yeah, his agent read the final book and was starting to go crazy, but he was uh, trying to stop Alan Grant from ever going out there.
0: Yeah. Which uh, which makes sense. And yeah, I mean, the fact that uh, Trent didn't take anything seriously until it was already too late was also good writing, I, I think, because like who is who would it be like? Why would it be your first thought that whatever Sutter Kane writes is true unless you're already insane? He or, he always claimed that he wasn't insane and everybody else was insane, so he just didn't want to believe everything. But then he did believe it, but everybody else was also insane too. I confused myself. <laughs> I'm going me. insane <laughs> just talking about it, man. Yeah,
1: that's it's one of the cool uh, meta points of watching this movie. I think that was if you could take away any horror from this movie, it would be that is. Uh, Sam Neil drops the line, or um someone that is talking to Sam Neil dropped the line. Well, what if Oh yeah, he's talking to the therapist in the padded room. And he's like, Well, what if people just don't read the book? People are fine then, right? He's like, Yep, they released a movie.
0: <laughs> they made a movie <laughs>
1: and the movie's called the same thing, which is yep. what we're watching, which is what we're talking about now. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of that creep factor of, oh shit like I'm insane now. It's influencing you. Yeah.
0: But I didn't see any of the other 7 movies, so I I think I'm okay. <laughs> it's all condensed. You know books yeah. always
1: just condensed down in a couple movies.
0: Yeah, that's true. make a but, uh, prequel.
1: I think second favorite scene to the to the axe murder is um fucking Sam Neill walking into the movie theater at the end with the big fucking bag of popcorn <laughs> and watching <You> <laughs> watching the movie that he just made pretty much like, yeah, it's just a quick version of events of, of the whole movie we just watched. Yeah. So, so it, it really adds to that. It to was that. one of those
0: things. Like he didn't it's even remember nice. going out to Hobbs end. He, yeah. Or, apparently he didn't remember going out to Hobbs end. He never went out with styles. She, I don't, I don't know if she ever existed at all
1: or he remembers that, but he remembers it incorrectly.
0: Cause well, yeah, the
1: did the publishing guy was like, who the, who the hell styles like I can never sent anyone with you
0: yeah so I mean was
1: she real she could have been I mean the uh the author guy or not the author the publisher said he's never read any of the books so you assume he's sane but then again Sam Neill hadn't read the books at the point
0: where he met styles so I don't know he did that's when he was that's when he uh he was reading the books. And that's when he took the covers off and made a map.
1: I thought she like during their very initial meeting together is the one that convinced him to read the books, but I could be wrong.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. So that's. So it's, it's, it's,
1: it's odd. Yeah, if he, that is odd. Up, how he, how he made her up without reading the books yet, but. We might I have guess. discovered a plot hole, but who knows? <laughs> the whole movie's kind of just off the rails a bit, though. I don't think they expect you to, to piece things together really like that. No. Hmm. Very, very interesting.
0: Yeah. Another thing is, uh, can we talk about the, the monsters and, uh, how, how wriggly and <laughs> how dry they look compared to how wet they're supposed to look <laughs> because they're, uh, like, when she was in the bathroom, there was like tentacles coming out and they were all dry. But, uh, then again, and then I don't know if she like turned into a monster as he was driving away because he ran out, got in his car. And as he was driving away, he saw a monster there. I don't know if that was like in, the old <laughs> lady that turned into the monster or what was it like a fast progression because he just saw her before going upstairs.
1: Those, those ones that come out from under the door are an interesting uh like from a outside the movie perspective because uh, those are the same uh tentacle fleshy prosthetic things that they use for the the detached head from the thing so oh I yep
0: like yeah it's a
1: very cool tidbit i'm like am i watching the thing right now <laughs> yeah the uh, carpenter drops a lot of a lot of random stuff like that it's pretty cool
0: yeah he does He did uh, Texas Chainsaw and Halloween. So he's like, he's, uh, he made a lot of like the original horror films.
1: Yeah. I didn't know he did Texas Chainsaw, but I I knew about Halloween. Yeah. He's created some of the biggest horror mediums of all time.
0: Yeah. So. Like, I don't know, would you put this in his uh, Hall of Fame or would you kind of put it on the the lower shelf? Honestly, he's got such a big Hall of Fame that it's
1: really hard to put <laughs> this in like a top 10 for him. It would. Because he's, he's got shit like Escape from New York. He's got, where's other big ones? Like Halloween, of course. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So it's, it's a really tight top tier for him.
0: It's a... I think Halloween is like his uh, his favorite, though, because like, holy shit, there's been so many Halloweens (laughs) since the first one in 1978.
1: Yeah. And not only like directing slash writing those is he did the score. He's just a fantastic person all around for for cinema. Has just progressed the medium so much. I think he did the score for this one as well. And also did the score for um, like the thing and stuff like that. He just just kills it.
0: Yeah. I'm going to be honest, though. I don't think the score really stuck out to me. But then again, I guess that's probably one of those things I probably need to pay more attention to in future films. Because like. I always thought uh, of the music being more of like a uh, additive to the experience, which is like something that you notice for sure. Right. But like, do you actually mm-hmm. like pay attention to it unless you're actually listening to it, then you probably don't even notice it unless it's like done really horribly then, uh, then you probably wouldn't notice it if you're not paying attention to it. But
1: I think a good score usually blends in the background. Yeah. Like a good ambient score but um like those those hit songs that people put in movies those can really make or break scenes Um, that's true those are the ones that i realize more like there was like two rock songs that kind of threw me off like the intro and the outro were both kind of like a punk rock type thing and definitely noticed those yeah Um, they weren't bad just it was not what i expected
0: No, like, you usually see those kind of, like, uh, rock songs and like, uh, slasher films. That's the most of the ones that really seem, uh, because, like, you want to go for, like, more a brutal vibe, right? So what's more brutal than, like, metal? So that's what you want to put in your movie.
1: Exactly. That's why Rob Zombie made a a Halloween movie, right?
0: Yeah, it's true. I think he made the one in uh, 2012. The I think he's remake. a little older. Yeah,
1: yeah. he. Uh, I know his weren't as as well accepted, but still good movies.
0: No, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't really been keeping up with any of the Halloween movies. I've seen a few of them back in, uh, like the ones I was seeing in 2012. In uh, I have seen a couple of those, but I haven't seen like the original or the new ones that came out. The new trilogy that came out in rapid succession. But yeah, I feel like I should, you know, at least give it a try. There's a new Scream coming out, or did that already come out? Scream 6?
1: There's a new Scream that came out just called Scream. They rebooted it, and now there's going to be a Scream 6, which I think is a sequel to the original ones. Yeah, I think so. Just, yeah. just like, pick a universe. We don't need five <laughs> universes for every movie. Yeah, it's you true. Guys can I mean, create
0: if you're going to have a new... uh yeah, if you're going to have a new universe, just have a different slasher. You know what I mean? You could put any mask up there. I mean, it probably wouldn't sell as well because, like, everybody knows Scream. Everybody knows Halloween or whatever. True. But it's I, I feel like it would be more original to have just a new slasher. I know there's been a few that came out that not a whole lot of people liked because they were original slashers. But you don't really see them too often. Yeah.
1: It's it's hard to get that jump into the medium when you don't have that name recognition.
0: Exactly. Well, m- uh movies like Halloween and Scream, like they were kind of the originators for slasher films. So obviously, you know, you know what to expect when you go to see a Halloween or Scream.
1: yep Yeah, the uh the Scream TV show that released a few years ago now. Uh was actually pretty good and in a good nice reboot. And take on the on the series. But yeah, you definitely need that name recognition. because I don't think uh, I don't think Fear Street took off too much, which is one of my favorites on Netflix. God, I can't even think of any others (laughs) because they don't have that catchy name.
0: Fear Street. Was that that uh, 80s like themed movie that we watched that one time?
1: It's in uh, three parts. I think, yeah, the first parts in the 80s.
0: Oh, we did watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Remember you showed us that it goes back a hundred years in time
0: with each sequel.
1: Okay. It's it's a good one. I recommend it.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll check out the other two. I remember we watched the first one. That was pretty good.
1: Yeah. So they, uh, they actually name dropped Stephen King in this one. I didn't hear any name drops for Lovecraft at all, but, but they did call it Stephen King. At least they're like Sutter Kane's more popular than Stephen King ever was. (laughs) yeah a little, little jab i uh wonder how yeah I but that. like
0: it is a fictional universe though so you might as well like it it, it gives a perspective on how popular he is because stephen yeah. king is super popular you Very. just have this universe where Sutter kane is more popular than stephen king you know what stakes are here if it's making people go crazy
1: yeah and i'm sure it's it's probably less of a jab and more of a like a compliment, like throwing his name into the movie since yeah. uh, King is very like he, he based a lot of his not based, but like uh, he was a fan of Lovecraft. So like his, that kind of medium transverses a bit with King.
0: Yeah. it makes sense. There is a newer call of Cthulhu movie, right? That do, do you know about that?
1: Um, not, that I'm aware of, unless I'm There is
0: a, Cth- the, a Cthulhu-like movie that uh, came out recently. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, oh, I don't... you're talking about the Carnival something? Carnival, yeah. Is that what it is?
1: What's it called? Carnival Row?
0: Yeah, Carnival Row. I think that was a. It's a TV show. The Amazon's uh, doing. Well, maybe it's not Lovecraftian. Maybe it's just monsters. Maybe it's just a fantasy show or whatever. But that also looked pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Carnival Rose uh, definitely Lovecraftian. And then, it, I think it's Caramel Del Toro doing that one. Who also yeah, is. just Cabinet Curiosities. So he's he's definitely diving into to Lovecraft territory. Yeah. yeah there's also Lovecraft c- Country that's apparently pretty good. I got to check out. It's been, there's been some good adaptations. Yeah. Color Out of Space with uh, Nick Cage is actually pretty good.
0: Nick Cage has a good movie. Yeah. I, uh, (laughs) I actually enjoyed
1: it surprisingly. Like his, his crazy acting style definitely works for Lovecraft's world. Okay. It's, it's actually probably on my shelf. (laughs)
0: Whatever you do, uh don't watch Megan unless you're high on LSD. <laughs> I uh, started watching that and it was very incomprehensible and oh. it was very like really colorful and flashy. So I'm pretty sure you had to be on drugs to watch that movie. <laughs> That's uh, like I, I was yeah. looking forward to that one. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely check it out, see what you think, not being on drugs. But for me, uh, nah, I couldn't. I, I watched like probably like 20 minutes of it. I'm like, nope, I can't do it.
1: Yeah, so going back to, to Mouth of Madness here, there's a lot of surreal scenes that definitely give me a creep factor, but I feel like it was just missing... Something to push it over the edge, maybe maybe the comedic I don't even know if they're intentionally comedic, but the comedic portions in between these suspenseful areas killed the uh, momentum that the movie had at points. I don't know if that's how you feel about it, yeah, like they, they drop some jokes in between like like there's the kids that all surround um styles, and they're like today is mommy's day <laughs> yeah. those were- mommy. Guess what today crazy. is?
0: Today is Mommy's Day. That was just oh my I god, hated I hated that.
1: <laughs> and and then we go to like fucking jokes, like Sam Neil punching the hell out of Styles, like a few scenes later. Yeah, though, like, dude, he hit her like three
0: times. I don't think I could give a pass on the effects on those punches because <laughs> oh. I know we've seen movies before this movie that had way better. Uh, at least sounds and, and like effects that makes the punches feel real. Like he barely hit her, and it was like, Psh! and it was like, oh my god, that's so cheesy. It's almost man. like, um, uh, <laughs> Batman level uh punches, like kapow. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> they might as well had the comic blurbs come out of that because that was yeah. just
1: like the the contact looked decent. It's just the noise that came out of it was like yeah. that is not what this what Sam Neill punching this woman would sound like.
0: I know it's uh they would have been way better off just recording like some Foley or something, just like smacking on something rather than actually just going up to the mic and be like, Psh! and just putting that all o- that <laughs> audio over it. Cause I, that just did not work at all.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It definitely sounded like it came from more of an action movie and I don't know. Maybe they were, uh,
0: crunched on the set and, and, uh, it, it was just scoping. It was a it scoping issue. They uh, wanted movie. a fight scene, but then they realized they didn't know how to make a fight scene <laughs> and they just like, all right, let's just wing it. Yeah. I don't know what happened there, but it was, it was pretty bad. And then, uh, the bad acting that I was talking about with, with styles, Yeah, with Styles was when she was freaking out coming out of the bathroom. Uh, I don't remember what she was saying. It's like, it's after me or it's after me. And then she like falls on the bed and like puts her hand on her head. Like, oh, it's after me. I'm like, what the (laughs) hell is this, man? (laughs) She's so calm through the whole thing. I've never seen acting like that since, you know, since like the 50s. It's insane. I don't know if, know if you can say fifties because we like. I
1: yeah, know. you're I'm right pretty good in, in Strangelove. Strange Love.
0: It was, but yeah,
1: so 60s, maybe we yeah. just
0: can't give that a pass because that was just bad. <laughs> I, I'm like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, as I was thinking, maybe maybe it's a style. Like maybe she's meant to seem super like detached, playing it up. Like like she's supposed to seem super detached and like just not all there. But she just, I don't know, just almost felt like she didn't care.
0: Yeah, yeah. she wasn't selling in on that. So I I can't uh, give her a pass on that. That was just bad. (laughs) I don't like it.
1: Don't know if you experienced this. There was a weird time skip. And I rewinded a couple times to make sure it wasn't like the movie format I was watching. So they're in the lobby. And it's like just right before 40 minutes in. And they're checking in with uh, Mrs. Pickman there. And she's looking, Styles is looking at the painting behind him as it's changing. As Alan Grant is, is checking in. I'm just gonna keep flip-flopping with his name. And <laughs> She like grabs him and she's like freaking out because the painting change and he like looks and there's obviously nothing there yet. And then she just like gives him a look. And then all of a sudden they're in their, their bedroom and it, it just seemed like a weird cut. Like they were still, like in the middle of a conversation. And it just it's just really weird to me.
0: Yeah. It would have been better if they added a little bit more context there. It's like, what do you what are you talking about? Like give her Because yeah. like, obviously he didn't see anything. So like could add a little bit more context before going up to the bedroom. But they did clear that up. It was kind of like a continuation of the conversation because once they got up there, they were talking about what she saw. Like you kind of got yeah. from the context that he was telling or she was telling him about what she saw in the painting. And he was, yeah. you know, discrediting everything. Just don't usual. happen like that, though. You don't just do
1: it. Time skipping to your conversation. Yeah, <laughs> it happens so
0: Much in cinema.
1: Like, oh, then they're in the car like 20 minutes later. And then they're continuing like they uh, never even stopped having the conversation.
0: Right. I mean. Yeah. She just keeps talking about that painting, man. She's like, I swear the head turned and it looked at me. It's like, how long can you actually talk about that? You know, even though he doesn't believe a word you're saying. Yeah. How how long can we keep talking about it? So
1: she's like, if you actually read the book, it said the, the church was on the east side and she like dramatically opens the window.
0: Yeah. And yeah, that's when it was like, for me, it was like, okay, like. I get it's a book and there is some missing context, but they literally just put the church out in the middle of an open field. <laughs> and it is like this big grand mosque looking. What, what what kind of church was it? Byzantine church. Byzantine, yeah. Byzantine church. Yeah. So I don't know why any Byzantine churches are in, uh, america is is there byzantine yeah. churches in America I don't think there is i I would
1: doubt it maybe some of the style transfers over to like i don't know if synagogue is the right word maybe that's Jewish because it would be more like Muslim area would be Byzantine I think
0: well but, yeah but that that's called a mosque right okay let's yeah, before yeah. we either way folly in our ignorance uh let's just <laughs> But like, anyways, there's a church out in the middle of nowhere. And I know this, this town is fictional or whatever, but we have to account for. There's implied context that they're like, I don't know, people build churches everywhere. I'm overanalyzing, but I just found it weird. I was just like a big ass church, probably taller than any other building in this town. And it's just out there right next to the town
1: hmm well we we do go to this church that's when we get that old styles runs off first and grant goes to to meet her at the church and uh we meet sutter there finally after some weird trippy scenes where she's just like accepting everything like styles like fully gave up and then she's like hugging him and kissing sutter and fucking professor Quirrell. Cause he's got that fucking demon on the back of his head.
0: Yeah, that was <laughs> that was so messed up.
1: Making <laughs> out with like, him,
0: and she was just like rubbing like, up all over that thing. It. too. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ugh. Gross. And we never I do... saw it again. It was just that yeah. one part.
1: Just the one thing. Yeah. So you almost think like the the the, the church is kind of like a gate to to let the ancient ones in. Um, from what we see later with with Alan grant coming back over there and
0: and the they're held behind that wet door the wet yeah wet door. the the paper yeah it's that yeah that part was weird too
1: Sutter says that the town didn't exist before he wrote it so it just adds more just more weirdness to the whole thing yeah like did like all this just spawned here or I don't know. Uh,
0: uh, Like, like I said before, it feels like there's a lot of missing context because, and it feels like they pick up on things that they just drop off later Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: they go with the whole point that he's writing everything and whatever he writes goes or whatever. But I don't know if it was implied context saying that these are the things that are happening in the book saying that everybody's going to turn into creatures or whatever. But, you know, all these people are like doing these crazy shit because he wrote them to do it. But like, so does that imply that Trent was the main character of the book the whole time? Yes,
1: because Trent was the main character of the movie. So that's what I, that's what I got from it. Okay. Because he's on the movie poster and he's on the the everything once it becomes the movie. So I, from what I got it was like him and styles were the main characters from how it looked. And he goes in and he's still writing
0: the book though. Yeah. So he's like still writing it, but things are happening and he he already knows what's going to happen. Like, I don't know if like what was written is kind of already in his head.
1: Well, the thing is, I, I wonder if that's like, Maybe I missed something that's like the final copy. Like he's just finishing up the ending because his agent and styles both read the book, like read the final book already before they even go to this town. And that's why the agent went crazy and tried to kill Sam Neill is because he read the book.
0: So the book was done at the beginning of the movie. Yes. And but he goes on this quest to get the book. But that was Uh, all in his head. Uh no, he he went on the like, quest to go find Sutter. Go find Sutter. But yeah. they wanted the book, that's why the publisher hired him. Cause he was in the middle of writing the book and he went missing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think they 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 said Sutter went to go to find this town because he was writing about it. So he wanted to go find the town for for whatever reason, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's Um, that's another one of those things. It's just (laughs) it's confusing. Yeah,
1: I do. I do like some of the other subtle references in the movie of some of the other uh, movies like the. I I took it as like maybe a reference to um, like either Cerberus or maybe one of Stephen King's works, uh, Cujo, when the dogs are coming out, like all those fucking Dobermans attacking the townspeople. Was Cuj- that Cujo? is a different breed, but maybe that's what I took from it as, as like a reference. That's why I've seen
0: some other people talking about too. Oh, it could be. Maybe. Because uh, I thought Cujo was a, a St. Bernard, right? Yeah. I thought
1: maybe Cerberus at first because it kept coming out in pairs of three or trios. Uh, could
0: be. Yeah, that would make sense. But it would be a very, very subtle reference. If any.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to like, I was like, there's, there's a purpose to this, but I just I like <laughs> get what it was. And those townspeople are really fucking bad at shooting their guns. One they are their gun, like into the fucking air or something. And they all <laughs> book it.
0: <laughs> like, no, like, fuck? uh, yeah, I noticed that too. Like he wasn't even looking. He just kind of like shoots like half fast shoots in that direction and starts running. Like and you didn't <laughs> hit one of those fucking 30 dogs. Yeah, you have a shotgun, you're not even going to bother aiming, you're just going to try running from yeah. a dog, like, you can't outrun a dog, I'm sorry, especially a Doberman. Yeah, just weird shit, like,
1: the townspeople weren't fully taken
0: over yet, and
1: they were, like, trying to fight, fight back against Sutter, and just weird, weird stuff.
0: It's how it was written in the book.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: <laughs> yeah, like... This is like the thing was like, I think that's what took us out of it was that things were just happening. There was Mm. no buildup. Usually with a good scary movie, there is a lot of suspense going on before the scary thing actually happens, but there wasn't much suspense going on. I mean, other than like some like the painting that was probably it. And then after that, things just started happening and it was just, it was insanity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I said earlier, there's there's really good suspenseful moments. It just doesn't carry it. It just drops it and goes to yeah, something else and yeah. But yeah, they, a
0: lot of the suspenseful parts don't even lead up to anything scary. They're just uh they're just there. And then yeah. it kind of conditions you to whenever you see something suspenseful, you don't expect anything scary. They're just like just going to drop it. Exactly. Like the the biker
1: like, I thought that was one of the the really good scenes as well. Yeah. Suspense as well, at least. Uh, Styles is falling asleep kind of at the wheel, and she seen this one biker, and then she sees this other, and then she's just fucking looking at her map or whatever and then hits the guy. And that, that whole, like, the watching the road while it was super dark is just creepy shit, because that's something that we all have probably done in our lives is driving on like a super dark road at night. And you're wondering if like, what well, if something just popped out right now.
0: Or like, what if I fell asleep in a cl- uh, crash? That was another yeah. thing that I mean, there was like there was things that you could have expected from that moment. I think that's what added to the suspense. Mm-hmm. But then it, it just got like once something scary happens after that, it just gets confusing because mm-hmm. He just just turns into an old man with a a boy voice and then gets on his bike and leaves. And then that's it. Like I, it was just what, you know what I mean? Like it it didn't even like add to anything. I I could have went without that. Yeah. But because that happened, it didn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We went through the weird space portal to get to the, uh, to the city. And then we woke up and it was daytime.
0: It was daytime. And uh Yeah. I expected something crazy to happen on that bridge, but it ended up just being like a little uh, bridge over uh, a a small river trip. Yeah. Yeah. She was tripping out. So I did like the
1: reference to, uh, to Pikmin, to Pikmin's model, the main hotel keeper, Mrs. Pikmin, I think was supposed to be a reference to that. Hey, yep. Yeah. That's, that's all about
0: That's, that's that's it. it.
1: Wait, who's Pikmin then? Uh, Pickman's model is about is a story from Lovecraft that's about this artist that. Oh yeah, you watch Cabinet Curiosities, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, Pikmin's model is it... one of the episodes. Yeah. He's kind of like this
1: artist that's drawing this really fucked up shit, and it's like influencing people's minds, which is kind of what this is doing, except in a book form as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah or I think that was they, a good uh, the episode. actual the actual story is called like the rats in the walls or something like that. And it's a, it's a really good story. I, I like it. And there's just definitely a lot of undertones of that one throughout this. Just wish they leaned into it a little harder.
0: Yeah. It seems like there was a lot of concepts that they were, they were playing around with, but they didn't follow through with anything. And I think that's where it kind of just fell flat.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Fucking, uh, Neil punching style still just fucking gets me. I was laughing at that scene, <laughs> and she fucking eats the keys. And oh he yeah, to like
0: hotwire the car or whatever. I was thinking. I was like, while I was watching this, I was thinking of like ways that this could be kind of remade in a way, in like a mm-hmm. more modern, modern, modern way. Lens. Which I feel like yeah. it could be. It like it could be really well done with like maybe a different writer. But with like, you know, actual CGI effects and everything, it could it could have been a lot better if it was like remade today. I don't think you even need CGI for this type of movie. I think
1: just the abstract ideas. Yeah,
0: like the yeah, the abstract like insanity and stuff like people going crazy. I feel like that could be enough, too. But I was thinking of like how you could do it. And then I was thinking if she ate the keys, most keys are keyless start nowadays. Yeah. What if she just ate your keys, and then all you had to do was just throw her inside your car and just go? Hopefully, you get far enough before sh- she digested or some shit. If it does yeah. digest,
1: well, the thing is the uh, yeah, it'll still uh, drive until you turn it off again. So that would work really well. Yeah,
0: <laughs> or it's I a just Tesla. Thought of that.
1: And you just pull out your phone instead and start the car.
0: Yeah, exactly. I was thinking about that while I saw that scene. I'm like, that would, that would be pretty good if that was the case. That's
1: good. I, uh, Oh, I forgot about this in my notes. There's another scene that I actually kind of enjoyed, but it's, it's another one of those where it's just, it's just this one scene. And then we get back to this, this other weird stuff. He's on the bus back to, uh, back to New York to, uh, talk to the publisher or whatever. And, he's having a dream and he's talking to Sutter and Sutter's like, did I ever tell you my favorite color is blue? And then Sam Neill wakes up and the whole scene of the bus is just tinted in blue. And he just starts fucking screaming. <laughs> I scared the shit out of me because I wasn't expecting it. He just yeah. starts screaming his lungs off like a really good scream.
0: Out of all the shit he's seen, he starts screaming <laughs> bloody murder. Av- like when that happens, I, I was just I like I was dumbfounded like how how was this scary more than everything else that just happened right
1: it just spooked me because I wasn't ready for that scream and then he actually wakes up and he's like screaming in real life and the old <laughs> lady's just like freaking out because this guy's having a fucking panic attack on the yeah. yeah
0: I was thinking well how I just said like How did that scare you so much? Maybe it did scare him so much because like maybe that was like his realization. Like, holy shit, he is God because he controls everything. I I don't know. Because once you wake up from a dream, you're all of a sudden thinking this is reality now. Unless you're in a dream Mm. within a dream, then that's just terrifying. Which he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So that happened a couple times throughout the film. I I like those things. If they just did more of that throughout it, instead of like the whole monsters and stuff, maybe. Eh. I I did like the monsters, but I feel like if they just leaned more into the, like the insanity stuff, like the mind tricks, I feel like it could have been a lot better. The thing is, I don't think you even need to show us the monsters. It's it's Lovecraft,
1: which is an abstraction of these kind of ideas. So like unfathomable that you can't even think about what these things even look like. Cause you would just go mad instantly trying to think about that. And they did really good about Sam Neill looking through that, that ripped book page on the wall and like looking into the darkness and stuff. And you could just see only Sam Neill's face. It was like a perfect representation, like the madness and the like just the insanity of like gazing at some of those ancient beings and like, I really liked even the, the scenes of him running down the hallway and trying to escape it. They just, they didn't need to have him look back at the monsters, Right. Yeah. Like, just have him do the tripping and like, or he can look back. Just don't show us the monsters. And like, that's true. Keep, keep running. You could have did that with like, like a closing in of the screen, like start darkening the borders, ramping up the music as he's running and type of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah uh, no, I agree. Uh, because I feel like you brought on like a, one of the really suspenseful moments of this when she started reading that excerpt from the book. Yeah, that was really good. The very like very descriptive words that kind of contradicted each other in a way that just like kind of boggled your mind on what kind of horrifying things could be in there. I think that like having it in my head was scarier than actually seeing the, you know, the bad. People in costumes, monsters,
1: and one of the neat things is—I'm pretty sure that was an actual um, passage from one of Lovecraft's novels. So I don't like, doubt it. So you can really do some like good stuff with just the abstractions without the actual seeing. Absolutely. Yeah, not that, not that it was terrible to like see them. I just think like you could do it without it if you wanted to like make a modern day. Just please don't use CGI. Uh, we we don't need a whole like CGI slimy monster fest like
0: we That's probably don't even
1: need monsters at all.
0: Yeah, we can leave that with uh, with the alien movies and predator. Well, even the alien movies they did well with uh, not using CGI. Yeah, it was that costumes was and
1: animatronics and yeah yeah good but shit.
0: When I saw that old lady with the tentacles, that was just. <laughs> that that was just not good, in my opinion. <laughs> I did not like that. Yeah, and Alien's older than this movie. so It is way older than this movie, so there's no excuse. I don't know if it was just a lack of budget or something, but I mean, they could have been more creative if they didn't have the budget. Yeah, I don't know. Like, they saw that. They saw the old lady chopping the, the man and all that, and they're like, perfect. I'm like, <laughs> no. Please don't.
1: Yeah, that is that was a weird scene, and she just had the t- tentacles and stuff. I'm, yeah, but yeah, that's that's in the mouth of madness for you. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's, it's about the majority I have on the movie. It's, I think, if you're a Lovecraft fan, it's at least something worth putting on your list. Just check it out. You're not. It's not probably not going to be your favorite of the stories, but it's it's got some good things. It's just surrounded by a lot of weird
0: weird stuff. It's a lot of weird stuff, and if it wasn't for, like, if you want to watch this to be spooked, you're not going to be impressed. But if you, like, want to watch it to be entertained and want some good laughs, I definitely think you should watch it. Like, get a group of friends, watch this movie. (laughs) It'll be a good time. Yeah, I think this would be actually a pretty good movie to watch drunk. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's why I'm recommending it to for like a party movie. This is definitely one of those party movies. This could be a really good movie if you're a little intoxicated. So. Yeah. But yeah, that's In the Mouth of Madness. Indeed. More of a comedy than a horror movie. <laughs> Keep an eye out for the next episode coming up, which is another Lovecraftian uh, form of media, which is a game, Call of Cthulhu. Oh, it's like we're doing another Lovecraft movie. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, <forgot too. laughs> I mean, we could, but just not right now.
1: Our, uh, our next movie is American Psycho, which you will see in March. Yes. Had a little bit of a change in schedule here. So we have kind of the two episodes in a row for, for the movies. But then you'll, of course, hear from us about Call of Cthulhu here at the end of the month, which I'm looking forward to talking about. Absolutely.
0: It's going to be good. Yeah, I've, I've heard it's really scary, but, uh, I, I don't know what to expect, but I love scary games, so I am in for a ride. I would highly recommend this being one of those movies
1: that you play lights off headphones type of thing. If you can, it's a good game. It's not peak of it's, it's not peak horror, but it's, it's pretty up there for Lovecraftian games. So, okay. I like it.
0: Yeah. I'm also, I mean, starting to learn more about Lovecraftian media. So, uh, you know, if I can start reading some of the books, i probably get some more context as well. But uh, I i am excited. Looking forward to it. Indeed.
1: Yeah. So if you guys want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at hazardousopinionspod at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at pod. Shoot uh, us a message, shoot us an email. Also, give us a rating. Leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or leave us one to five stars on Spotify. And then shoot us a message. Let us know what you think of the show. What can we do to do better?
0: Yeah. What were your thoughts on In the Mouth of Madness? Did you like it? Did you laugh? Were you scared? Let us know. Yeah. And please shoot me your favorite John Carpenter
1: movie. I would love to hear you guys' different yes. thoughts. And I would love to hear your reasoning of why it's not the thing. Because <laughs> if, you, if you say that it's not, then you're wrong. So
0: You have to have a pretty good argument for Andy <laughs> here. Yeah, I look forward to Call of Cthulhu. And I think that's it. You got anything else? I do not. All right. We'll see you guys next time. See you.
1: now